Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Hi, Michelle. That's my secretary. I've just watched a YouTube video by Godless Engineer replying to the Capturing Christianity video with Braxton on Hunter's Dilemma. This video is full of straw man arguments all the way through, so I thought it should be brought to your attention if you haven't already seen it. For full disclosure, I am an atheist and actually have issues with Hunter's Dilemma, but I don't like seeing critiques in which someone is so shockingly misrepresented. Thanks, Owen, last name not given. Godless engineer who has become a friendly acquaintance, to use his terminology, and I agree, has recently made a response to something that I came up with that Cameron Bertuzzi named the Hunter's Dilemma. We're going to look at it in this video, and uh, what um, we're going to look at his response. The Hunter's Dilemma basically says, look, if you're an atheist who defines atheism as a lack of belief in a god or gods, but then at the same time you compare God to um, beings like Santa Claus or leprechauns or Dracula or things that you actively disbelieve in, you don't merely lack a belief, you believe they do not exist, that there's a bit of a problem there. You can compare God to things that you believe do not exist, uh, but then you, have a bear, uh, you bear a burden of proof because you've revealed that you seem to think of God as a being that you actively disbelieve exists. But if you are truly a lack of belief atheist, then we shouldn't expect to hear you making such comparisons because that would be inconsistent. Um, Godless engineer, John, I may refer to him for the rest of this video, made a video in response to this issue. By the way, he references the 10 questions that I ask atheists in another video. And for those of you that have wondered why I haven't responded to the, um, I don't know, handful of videos out there that have, that have been in response and the dozens of written responses that atheists have given me in the comments section and through other social media avenues, I'm planning to do a response uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks where I respond to the very best criticisms or answers to these questions. So that is forthcoming. Um, but in this video, I thought I'd just take a few minutes to listen to what John has to say and give a response, because I have had several people ask me what I think about his response to the, what is known as the Hunter's Dilemma. By the way, I didn't name it the Hunter's Dilemma. That was, again, ca capturing Christianity's Cameron Bertuzzi. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try to immortalize myself like that. But I do stand by the dilemma, and um, so we're going to listen. Basically, I'm going to give you the summary statement that John gives at the end of his criticism right here from the start, so here it is. The Hunter's Dilemma, what it boils down to, is a, it's based on a false premise. The Hunter's Dilemma is based on a false premise. Now, what we're going to find is the common uh, thread of this video. I mean, really, there's 
he makes a few points. I don't want to detract from that. John, I know you're going to see this, and I'm not trying to take away from any particular uh, minor issue that you, that you raise. But there is one theme, there is one principal issue that he wants to drive home, and that is that Cameron and I are equivocating on what we mean by God between the God of the philosophers, kind of like an ambiguous theism, versus a particular God, namely the God of Christianity, the God of the Old and New Testament, and that we switch and swap back and forth between those uh, in order to make our case. I'm here to say that is not the intention of the Hunter's Dilemma, and we're going to clarify some of that uh, here today on this video, but uh, he accuses us of this throughout the video. So I just I just want to make clear that th- I'm not picking on one thing that's easy to respond to. This is the principal point. I mean, just give a listen. Equivocate the equivocation. They're talking about two different topics and they are equivocating them, equivocating them, equivocating them. As you can see, this is the criticism that he brings um, in, in sometimes he words it differently throughout the entire video that we are making an equi- we are committing an equivocation fallacy there by jumping between these two different understandings of God. But he starts by focusing on the scale that actually Cameron came up with of belief. Now, this is a scale of belief that is meant to show um, that you can. Well, I'll just play the video and you can see for yourself. So when I hear some people talk or some atheists talk about belief in God and what it takes to believe in God and evidence and arguments and and all that kind of thing. To me, it sounds like they've got a scale in their mind of like zero to 100. So zero is you have no belief about P. P is just any proposition you can, you can put in there. So like God exists. So zero would be no belief about P and 100 will be you fully believe that P is true. So yeah, I, I don't see a problem with the zero to 100 scale. And I think some atheists think that that's all there is to the scale. And you can see this is, this is the top scale. There's two yeah. scales. I mean, yeah, that's all there is to any scale of this kind. And in this particular context, zero to 100 is really all you're dealing with. But in reality, there's actually a sort of negative side to it where you believe that P is false. So you can believe that P is true or you can believe that P is false. And so that's why I, I think... The correct way to think about this is that you can go from zero to 100, but you can also go from zero to sort of negative 100. What Cameron is doing right here is he's mashing two different scales together for one particular topic that he wants to talk about. But in reality, he's talking about two different propositions. One scale is whether or not you believe something to be true. And the other scale is whether or not you believe that something to be false. These are two different propositions. And he does this as a way to convolute the conversation. Later, you're going to see how Cameron mashing these two propositions together helps him equivocate the God proposition that we're talking about in Hunter's Dilemma. So I'm fine if this is the scale that you want to go with, but you do have to recognize that we're talking about two different propositions here. One proposition is the belief that something is true. Another proposition is the belief that it's false. Yeah, so... um... Basically, what I want to point out here, and I did edit out a a lengthy part where John was talking about how the zero to 100 scale is how they do it in street epistemology and that sort of thing. But I don't think I cut out anything, John, that was that 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 hurts your case or was, you know, important in a relevant way to the criticism. The, The thing is, yeah, the the scale is a scale for one thing. 
a person's belief about a proposition. Okay. Uh, in this case, does God exist? Now, uh, the zero to 100 scale doesn't reflect the fact that there are people who actually have active reasons to disbelieve. In fact, as we're going to see, it doesn't even reflect John's position on particular gods, like, say, the God of Christian theism, because he doesn't just sit at zero with a lack of belief without the good reason to believe. He actually thinks he has good reasons not to believe. It's just reflecting one thing. Now, it does encapsulate two propositions. Yeah, it encapsulates uh, the, the idea that God exists and the idea that perhaps God does not exist. If you wanted to say that, it encapsulates a, a potentially infinite number of things because one could be anywhere on that line. So, But the point is, it's a line that is supposed to represent your beliefs, and 0 to 100 just doesn't, it doesn't even allow for the discussion of atheists who are atheists in the other sense, the sense of atheism that says um, that the position that God does not exist. So that's the reason for this line, is, is that the 0 to 100 line doesn't reflect the reasons one might give to argue that God does not exist. We, now, that doesn't force anyone to either side. That doesn't manipulate your views. If you say you are truly at a lack of belief position, then you're somewhere around zero, and that's fine. It's just expanding the scale to represent the actual reality, which is that there are a lot of people. In fact, there are some people who are even closer to zero. They would say that they're closer to a lack of belief atheist who actually do have some reasons why they might think that God doesn't exist. So th this is just this is just being clear. And he says, like, I'm happy to go with this scale if that's what you want, as long as you understand that you're talking about two different propositions here, that God, that, that I lack a belief, that God does exist, that God doesn't exist, that these are different propositions on this one scale. Well, are we aware of that? Let's go ahead and look at the second part to this discussion of the scale and see if Cameron and I are aware of that. So in, in here, T just means God exists. And so basically there's three different attitudes that you could do or, or three different things that you could say about T. So you could assert that T is false. That's all the way on the left. And in that case, you, you do have a burden of proof. We're going to get to an example in a moment of like a different example apart from God, why that has to be the case. In the middle, you can assert nothing about T. You could say nothing about God's existence. And in that case, you don't have any burden of proof because you're not saying anything about T. You're not saying anything about God's existence. But then on the further side, assert that T is true. This is the context in, in which most theists are operating. They're asserting that theism is true, giving arguments and evidence. And in that case, everybody agrees you've got a burden of proof. My point is that on the opposite side of the scale, where you assert that T is false, then you still have a burden of proof. The I would agree with this. If you're going to assert that something is false, then you should probably have evidence to support claiming that that is false. But the problem is, is that Cameron and Braxton, as well as most other Christians, think that all atheists land on the far left side. The far left side being that we're saying that God does not exist, as if it's a positive assertion that God does not exist, that we know God not to exist. Now, John, and I'm speaking directly to you because, again, I know you're going to see this. First of all, let me just say that is it true that we recognize that there are different propositions represented by that scale? Yes, 
There, we must recognize that because our point is that if you take the proposition that God does not exist or are somewhere close to that, then you would bear a burden of proof. Whereas if you make the proposition that God does exist, like we do, we're happy to accept the burden of proof. Or you can sit right in the middle comfortably where many atheists want to be and lack a belief and you don't have a burden of proof. I don't see how we're not giving you everything you want. But now let's get to this troubling statement because I know that John has seen several of my videos. And I hope that you atheists in the comments section, th th this will be a test actually to see if the, how many of the atheists, because I've got many atheist listeners who are very uh, thoughtful, friendly, and all that. And, and I, you know, John's been thoughtful and friendly with me in the past. But for those of you who listen, you, you, should, you should make a statement about this in the comments section. I try my hardest to make sure that I, I use the correct categories when we're talking about what one means by atheist. When I'm responding to any particular atheist, I take careful note in how they understand the term atheist, and then I use it that way with respect to that person. I have caught myself and gone back and changed on video where you can see it happening to make sure that what I'm saying reflects the category uh, preferences of the person to whom I'm responding. I'm the guy, in fact, who in a debate with Matt Dillahunty, when someone who was sympathetic to my position challenged Matt about why he called himself an atheist rather than an agnostic, actually chided that person and said, People, it doesn't matter to me so much what someone calls themselves. It matters to me what they mean by what they're calling themselves. That's the most important thing. The only reason that this becomes important in this discussion is you can call yourself whatever you want. You can call yourself an atheist and mean it in a lack of belief sort of sense, or you can call yourself an atheist and mean it in the way that, that means the position that there is no God. You defend the position that, there, that a God does not exist. You can call yourself whatever you want, but I need to know what you mean by that because that's going to determine how the conversation goes, whether you have a burden of proof and all those kinds of things. So I don't get where that came from. I have met, and I think Cameron too. I think Cameron on his channel has been very cautious and has a lot of, you know, uh, academic types on who are very aware of these things. And I try to be cautious about that. So I don't know where that came from. It may be true of someone else that you might respond to who's got a TikTok channel or something, but I have been very cautious on this note. So I just want to put that out there. I think that that is unfair. I don't know where that comes from. Is it possible that in looking through my back catalog, you could find an example where I, uh, I'm not as cautious on that particular occasion and make a mistake and use atheism on the definition that, that I was most used to before I encountered the YouTube atheism variety and that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe, but um, I have definitely demonstrated my intent to uh, call people what they want to be called and refer to them how they want to be referred because I don't think that's the most important thing. All right, now um, let's move on to... So basically what I want you to see about the scale is he pretty well grants the scale. I mean, he said a lot of things about it and I didn't even play all the things that he said about it, but in the end, ultimately... He's, yeah, I mean, I, I, he seems to think that the scale is fine in principle, but the reason he doesn't want for the negative zero to 100 to be present is because he's afraid that Christians like me and Cameron and everybody else apparently who's a Christian want them to be on the far left. And if this scale represents the negative beliefs, which are definitely there, it leaves open the possibility that these Christians are going to say, we all go on the far left side or something like that. And that is just 
not hospitable, not a charitable way of reading me and not a realistic way of reading me. And it's not true, but it's okay, John. I still like you as a person. Let's go on to what he says next. The challenge has to do with, again, this definition that some atheists give about atheism, this sort of lack of belief in gods. On the American Atheist website, you can see here, atheism is not an affirmative belief that there is no God, nor does it answer any other question about what a person believes. It is simply a rejection of the assertion that there are gods. Atheism is too often defined incorrectly as a, as a belief system. To be clear, atheism is not a disbelief in gods or a denial of gods. It is a lack of belief in gods. So we have this very clear explanation, exposition of what it means to be an atheist, and this is a lack of belief in gods. That's what the American Atheists say i will say don't try to confuse what one particular organization defines as atheism with how all atheists apply the label of atheist there is no evidence that that is my intent or cameron's intent we mention in the video that we have a variety of examples of this happening and it happens with mere theism, and it happens with the God of Christianity, and it happens all around. The reason that we use the example that we did here is because we have an example of an organization that actually explained their position on the definition of atheism and then presented a billboard that made a positive claim about the non or a, a claim about the non-existence, a positive claim about the non-existence of God. Now, um, there is more to say about that, and it represents the one and only point that I think is important to clarify out of what's been said here. So we're going to get to that next. But again, um, we understand that atheism is not monolithic, and, um, and I think that that is um, uh, relevant. So uh, let's, let's go on to the next thing, and let's hear exactly what uh, he has to say about the example we're giving here. Now, what, what Braxton has noticed is that there's a conflict between that and what some atheists say sometimes. So on the from the same people, the same organization, the American Atheist, this is a billboard that they produced. Just skip church, it's all fake news. Now, to me, that sounds like, a, that's not just like, okay, we just lack belief in God. You're claiming that it's fake. You're asserting that that thing does not exist. And so there's sort of, there's a tension here. No, there's not really any kind of tension. You're just not exactly understanding what the context is of that billboard. The billboard appears in the United States. So they're talking to Christians, obviously, because they have the nativity scene up there. And so because they're talking to Christians, it's talking about a very specific definition of of a deity, uh, your Abrahamic God, Yahweh, Jesus, whatever. They are talking about a very specific definition of a deity. And so when you start talking about specific definitions, that's where we have evidence to say, no, that is definitely not true. That is false. It is fake news, as the billboard said. So uh, there's no conflict here because they're not talking about an ambiguous deity figure. They're talking about a specific definition of a deity. Now, I think there is a fair possible or opportunity here to clarify something, but I just want to be clear. 
the billboard said it's all fake news. Well, the Christianity that it's clearly referencing includes the belief in a creator God, which is pretty close to the mere theism that we're talking about. So we could parse hairs about that. However, this is actually a relevant uh, uh, issue. We have plenty of examples. I'm going to play you a couple where we're talking about mere theism and uh, a person who holds to a lack of belief position is uh, is is comparing God to um, beings that we mythological beings that we actively disbelieve in that we believe do not exist, violating the hunter dilemma um, completely. Um, the reason that I actually sent a whole bunch of examples to Cameron, but we decided together that we would only use one and we wanted to use one that didn't pick on an individual. So this was a faceless organization. That's why we chose it. Not because we think that the American atheists are monolithic for atheism or something. And, uh, this was one of their several billboards. Um, so I think it still counts, but the point is taken that you could actually give a better example that speaks to mere theism. Now, this is the point at which I want to ask the question here. Is it that you really think that I couldn't find many, many examples of atheists violating the hunter dilemma on the face of it with mere theism? You, 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 I mean, if atheism is not monolithic, you realize that there are going to be a lot of atheists who make this mistake. So I would think that the more cautious way of approaching this, John, would be to say something like, I disagree with their choice of this particular example for these reasons. However, Hunter could likely find a number of examples of this happening with atheists. But let me tell you about my position. That's not what we see. Instead, we hear throughout this video, most atheists, the atheists I know about, these kind of statements, which speak as though atheism is almost monolithic and that this hunter's dilemma is not relevant at all. And um, so uh, I, I want to first give you an example. Well, I'll hold the examples for just a minute. No, I'll go ahead and give you the examples of, of a place where we're talking about mere theism. There can't, there's not even a way you could hint at equivocation. So here's an example with Ricky Gervais. And by the way, I understand Ricky Gervais is a comedian, but he's a philosophically minded comedian. And he was an, at an event sitting next to Richard Dawkins, where Richard Dawkins said he pretty well agrees with Ricky Gervais on everything. And here's what Ricky Gervais had to say. Some, someone said on Twitter once to me, why don't you pray just in case there's a God? And I said, why don't you put garlic over your door just in case there's a Dracula? Uh, <laughs> a God. Why don't you pray just in case there's a God? That's not specifying the Christian God. I can think of one real reach that someone could use here. They could say, well, he's not completely describing uh, some sort of a mere theism, a, a sort of ambiguous God of the philosophers. He's talking about a God who just might hear and answer prayers or at least hear prayers. Okay, if that's where we're at, um, then I think the point has already been made. We're talking about a God and a God that may hear prayers. And uh, he has compared him to Dracula, a being that he actively disbelieves in. That wasn't specific to the Christian God. But if you don't like that one, you want something even better. Here's an individual from a channel called Religious Fiction, and I want you to notice how clearly this fits the hunter's dilemma, even with just mere theism. Technically, atheism is just the lack of belief in a certain deity. A slightly different uh, definition is that atheism is the belief that there is no deity. 
I fall more into the first category. If, on the other hand, I no longer harbor any ill will toward any god or gods, just as I don't harbor any ill will toward gnomes that steal my keys and hide them from me. Because there are no gnomes, it doesn't make any sense to use emotional energy on beings which don't exist. So she compares a god or gods to gnomes, and even though she's identified as a lack of belief atheist, she has said it doesn't make any sense to waste emotional energy on, be on a being that does not exist just like gnomes do not exist. See, this is where this gets real messy, John, because we're, I mean, you know, if you want to shoot down the hunter's dilemma, I'm going to respond to what, to the rest of what you've said here, uh, the, the, the equivocation claim. But even just with generic theism, th this gets messy because I can find a lot of atheists. I have a lot more clips than this um, of, of atheists that you know doing this. And so... I, I, I just think that's a fool's errand and probably the reason why many of the, not that I'm calling you a fool, I'm using that colloquially, a fool's errand. Um, there are many atheists who have, well, many, let's say, I'll just put it this way. There are several atheists, at least, who on Capturing Christianity and elsewhere have said that they are atheists, but they really do appreciate this because it helps to clarify and organize the conversation better. So um, I, I think that, uh, that the point has been made. There are atheists like that. And I think for what you're saying, you would have to say that there aren't atheists like that or something. But let's go back to your issue. You think there's an equivocation going on because on the one hand, there is generic theism. And that is what you're claiming to be a lack of, at least you, John. And now we're really just talking about you and others who identify like you. But as you say, atheism is not monolithic, so there's going to be people who fall smack into the hunter's dilemma just on generic theism. But for people like you, a subcategory of atheists, um, uh, you have generic theism, and that's what you say you lack a belief about. Um, and then, on the other hand, you have Christian theism, and that's what you feel justified to compare to non-existent beings that you actively disbelieve in because you actively disbelieve in Yahweh. Okay, here's the problem with that. You're assuming an equivocation. Now, I'll grant you, because of the billboard thing, even though we said we had many other examples, and I've shown you a couple here, I can understand how that, that could count in favor of that position, perhaps. So maybe there's not entirely no reason to think so. So I'm trying to be as charitable and fair here as I can. But uh, that's not at all correct. You're actually affirming the hunter's dilemma. Because what we would do then is we would just run the hunter's dilemma twice. One for the Christian God and one for the God of general, generic theism. For the generic theist God, here's how that would look. You're claiming a lack of belief position. You're claiming to sit on or close to zero on Cameron's scale. That means that when it, with respect to generic theism, we should not expect to find you making comparisons between the generic theistic philosopher's God and Santa Claus or Dracula or leprechauns or gnomes or anything like that, things that you actively disbelieve in, right? And you don't bear a burden of proof. So you don't get to use that language, but you also don't bear a burden of proof. Okay, that's fine. Now, what about the Christian God? Okay, here you're claiming that you actively disbelieve in that God. 
Now you get to compare God to all the beings that you actively disbelieve in, like leprechauns and Dracula and Santa Claus and fairies and all that stuff. But here's the downside. You bear a burden of proof. It's as simple as that. The hunter's dilemma, so far as I can tell, still stands if you just think it through to that degree. So, um, you know, all this other stuff about, well, Christians always just want to put uh, atheists on the far left of that scale. No, we don't. We understand what you're saying. I don't know what people that, you know, Christians on TikTok say or, you know, uh, a particular uh, creationist you might respond to, but, but many of us who are trying to take this seriously and lead to better conversations, we, we don't make that mistake. We go out of our way to make sure we use the correct language. Um, and uh, the, uh, there was something else that you claimed about us. I, I, don't, I don't know. But the, the point is, we're trying to be charitable as we can, but this helps us organize conversations. I would expect that you would actually appreciate that, maybe now that I've explained it, and utilize it yourself. I don't know why not. But this misunderstanding perhaps it's partly my fault, leads to a further problem. We decided to think up, me and Cameron, possible objections that one might make to this dilemma and then go ahead and respond to those. Some of them I had already received. Some of them I was just speculating could be objections. And I really tried to think of the best objections that I could. Um, Well, among, among the objections, the best objections, because I also tried to think of casual objections that I'd actually, and some of which I'd actually heard. He calls these weak objections, but why does he call them weak objections? All of these objections that they bring up, I think are probably the weakest objections to this dilemma. Uh, Because the, the dilemma is based upon the false premise that the ambiguous deity that we're talking about is the same deity as the specific definition of a deity that we compare to other magical creatures. Okay, so why does he think these objections are bad? These objections are bad because of the equivocation that he worked into what we were saying. Now, maybe I left him one breadcrumb to make him think that direction. So I'm taking responsibility for that. And if in the first part of this video I didn't sound like it somewhere, I'll take responsibility for that. Um, And I'm going to come back around to that in just a few moments. Uh, But if you don't have that confusion and you understand that that equivocation is not happening, then these objections are not weak. I mean, I agree that they're weak objections in that we can overcome them, but these are the best objections that I could come up with. Now, one of these objections um, has to do with uh, maybe I'm just taking people's claims to people's statements too literally or something when they compare God to Santa Claus or fairy. I think that's the one that I was responding to. And I said something that I think may have offended John, and I did not mean to offend you, John, but let's go ahead and hear that right now. Perhaps the atheist who takes the lack of belief approach should take this as a moment, forget that it's two Christian apologists on YouTube presenting this to you, and consider your own psychology for a minute. Because um, in psychology, we don't always know exactly why we hold the beliefs that we do, and that's why psychologists have jobs, to help you find out why you believe what you believe and where you stand on things. And it could be that in, uh, if you find yourself paralleling God to some of these types, types of things that you actively disbelieve exist, it might not be that I'm just being too literal with your casual language. It might be that you actually do d- disbelieve that God exists, actively disbelieve 
and you should know that about yourself. And then that should change how you have these conversations. So Braxton, I mean, I, 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 f I feel like we're, we're decent acquaintances. Me too, and John. I, I, I get that you're trying to honestly engage with the atheist community and you really want to change the, the atmosphere, I guess, surrounding the topic of whether or not uh, a God exists yes. or your particular version of God exists. But sections like this just sort of scream pretentious windbag to me. And I, I feel like you bringing up, hey, you might want to go and talk to a psychologist is what? just very condescending what? and inhibits any kind of good conversation you could hope to have with your interlocutor. John. My advice would be don't be a pretentious windbag John. and tell a person to seek a psychologist what? when your entire dilemma is based on a false premise no, to begin not. with. Like I said, it just makes you seem very condescending and pretentious. I mean, I noted this in my other video response to you and your 10 questions. I mean, the entire video I thought was fine, except for that one particular section where you really came off as just kind of a d <laughs> Okay. Um, John, I apologize that I came off that way. But, a couple of things. Um, first of all, it was not my intent to communicate to you that atheists need to go see a psychologist, a psychologist. Some of them probably do. Some theists probably do. I probably do occasionally. Uh, but that was not my intent was to communicate to you that, that, that atheists are crazy. They need to go see a psychologist or, or atheists uh, are, you know, I, that's not my point. That wasn't my point. My point was simply this, and I hope that a charitable listener would get this. And John, frankly, um, I think you understand with the kinds of videos that you make that it's important for listeners to take you as charitably as they possibly can. I certainly have to exercise that when I listen to your videos. Uh, but you, we, <laughs> what I was trying to say was we're not always completely aware of the positions we hold or why. This could happen to Christians. It could happen to atheists. It could happen to Democrats or Republicans. It could happen to anyone because we're human. And so what I'm doing as a rhetorical device, as a speaker, to kind of wake people up while they're listening to a video and step back and consider what I'm actually saying is to say, hey, forget that this is a couple of Christian apologists on YouTube trying to say this to you. Recognize that psychologists have the job they have because it's a fact about human beings that we're not always clear about why we hold the positions that we have. So if you're the kind of person that might compare God to these mythological beings, step back from this thing for a minute and consider if it's possible that the reason you do that is because deep down you actually do disbelieve in God in the same way you disbelieve in some of these other figures. Uh, that's the whole point. That's all I'm saying. Now, if I come off as a snob or pretentious or condescending, um, I, I, I think anyone who watches me knows that. And, and I know this is going to sound a bit like someone saying, I'm so humble. Look how humble I am. That's not my point either, but I am going to say this much. I go out of my way, uh, to try and be as hospitable to the people I'm responding to as I possibly can. I, I try my hardest to be charitable and, and to be, uh, you know, 
approachable and, and to respond in love. I don't always do that perfectly. I'm, I mess up occasionally, but I really try to do that. So I would appreciate if you would look at a video like this and try to read it charitably or hear it charitably. That's not my intent. However, I would think that if there's anyone who can sympathize, I mean, I've got, you know, you know, you know, your approach. I, I label you a provocateur evidentialist. And I think you of all people recognize that sometimes without intending to, some people might get a little bothered and think that we're being snobs or being pretentious or condescending or something like that. And as much as I try, there are just going to be times when that happens. Nevertheless, I think there was a misunderstanding about what I was saying. But in spite of that, I apologize if in any way I made you feel uncomfortable. And I'm not even saying that right now to, to try and frame it like that you're some kind of a thin-skinned person. I, I think you're more saying it, you know, just as a criticism of my delivery or something. But I don't think you necessarily were personally offended, although maybe you were. Um, but, uh, I think that's just going to happen sometimes, but, um, there's one thing I want to say in, in, uh, in the end of this first, let's go back and hear that summary statement, um, that, that I played at the beginning of this clip to, to remind ourselves of what exactly it was that John was trying to argue. The hunter's dilemma, what it boils down to is a, it's based on a false premise. And the false premise is an equivocation really between what we mean by God and the idea that we think of God as the mere uh, God of the philosophers, ambiguous theism versus a specific um, detailed account of a God like Yahweh. And we've explained that we're not doing that. We're talking about um, you can you can run it twice, run it for the mere theism and run it for uh you know, the God of Christianity, but the hunter's dilemma, I'm happy to say at the end of this video still stands. Now, Owen writes this describing himself as an atheist and saying that, um, John's video was full of, uh, problems to summarize, to say the least. And that he, um, he says, full disclosure, I'm an atheist and I actually have issues with Hunter's Dilemma, but I don't like seeing critiques in which someone is so shockingly misrepresented. So I'm going to say something now, John. Look at me, John. Listen, Internet. I'm going to say something that I recognize fully could sound condescending. I can't help it. But this is a point where maybe we make fewer big glaring declarations about what the other person is trying to do and ask more questions. I think that would have been good. Hey, Braxton, what'd you mean by this? Oh yeah. Um, I meant this. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Something like that. Anyway, I've enjoyed this and I'll see you next time on Trinity radio. Mm -hmm.